on today's podcast, we talk about the coach-player relationship, talk about being in and developing as a coach for the right reasons, and we're going to focus a little bit on a very high-powered offense at Coastal Carolina, and joining me to talk about those things is Bill Durkin, the offensive line coach at Coastal Coach. Great to be talking to you here on the podcast. Hey, appreciate you having me on, Keith. Looking forward to it. Coach, before we get into some of those things like your high-powered offense, uh, we want to learn a little bit more about you and your reason for getting into this game. What was it that made you say, you know what, uh, my playing days are over now, and you did you know, have, have some time in the NFL, CFL, uh, NFL Europe. Um, but when that was over, what was it that really uh, brought you to this profession? Well, I'll tell you, it's it's kind of an interesting story. I, I, I really never thought I'd be sitting in this chair. I never thought I would be doing this. Um, when I uh, got done playing, or at least I was in between jobs, I thought that maybe somebody would call me to come back and play, but I wasn't good enough or too old or whatever at that time. But I, I saw a great mentor of mine and the guy who recruited me to the University of Massachusetts, uh, Jim Reed. Um, he, he just incredible uh, guy who took care of me and got me to UMass. And then he was coaching at the university of Richmond, but I was actually back at UMass for the retirement of another coach. And he said, you know, what are you doing? And I said, coach, I'm building houses and I'm getting ready to go move with my girlfriend, fiance up in Boston. I get a job in business or something. And hopefully maybe somebody will call. I'll go play football. And he said, no, you're coming with me. You're coming to Richmond and you're going to coach. I said, uh, okay. <laughs> and I got in the car and I went and, uh, not, and, and I thought about it. And, and once I got there, it was a little bit selfish in that I'm going to take care of myself and try to keep training to be ready. But that didn't happen. But what did happen was I, I truly figured out how much the game had given me and how much I wanted to be able to get back to the game and how I just wanted to be able to help young guys not leave with any regrets and take advantage of the opportunities they have. And if they're good enough, they're good enough. If they're not good enough, then we know that because we gave it our best. And uh, that's what I try to do every day is get guys to just, first of all, graduate, and second of all, reach their potential. But that's pretty much how I ended up in this chair. And now it's just hard to believe because I really feel like I haven't worked. I've been doing this over 20 years, and I haven't worked a day in my life. Um, I just enjoy coming to work, coming to the building every day, being around the guys, uh, getting a study O-line play, getting a perfected, uh, just, it's, it's truly uh, uh, living out a dream. Coach, when you look at your early years as a coach, as you were developing, what were some of the, the key lessons you learned that really became a part of who you are as a coach today? I think one of the big things is just, you know, treat people the right way. Um, you know, whether it's fellow coaches you know, um, the, the, when you're the head guy or you're in charge of folks, treating them the right way, appreciating the things and struggles that they may be going through and trying to help them. Um, and uh, just, you know, having the guys understand that, you know, I'm going to – I always tell them, well, I'm a, and it's our mantra really here at Coastal, um, but, you know, we're going to coach you hard, but we're going to love you harder. And – you know, I'm going to get after guys and I'm going to really, you know, demand a lot of them. 
But then at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to be make sure not to attack their um, them as a person, but attack their actions. When you step the wrong way, you go the wrong way. I mean, that's a problem. But then grab, put your arm around them at the end of the day and let them know that that's why I'm so upset because you've done this three times now. What is the block? Why the mental block that you can't get this done? We got to get this fixed. And I'm not mad at you, but we got to figure out how we can make this better. And just treating people the right way because when they know that you care about them, they're going to do anything for you. And, um, you know, when you got guys all rowing in the same direction, not often different factions, I mean, that's a pretty cool deal. And I think that really speaks to where we are right now at Coastal. Guys really all on the same page. It's pretty pretty amazing, really. And that's credit to Coach Chadwell um, and the things we're doing. But um, that, that's pretty much what I got to say with that. You know, treat people good. Well, that's a, a big part of what you guys are doing at Coastal, that you guys are really working to get – to know your guys always. And you shared with me that you have uh, something you guys call CPR, which is really, you know, a specific thing you guys do to help you develop those relationships. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, we're big on acronyms here. We got quite a few, we got a few acronyms that we uh, utilize um, around here. And uh, one of the big ones is BAM, um, which really started with uh, Joe Moglia. Um, who was our previous head coach and is still involved with the program, but that was be a man. And it's not about being a big macho tough guy, but it's about being a person. And for us in football, it's males. So it was be a man, but a, but a person, you treat your treat people, right. Um, you stand on your own two feet and make decisions for yourself. And you understand that you're going to live with the consequences of those actions. Um, and that's a big one for us, but the other one there is CPR and, uh, CPR is, uh, it's about the heart, but it's about the coach-player relationship, and that's what that acronym is. And what we do is, you know, again, in in going through with uh, making sure that they understand that we care about them more than just what they do on the football field, um, we have what we call CPR time. And it's hard during the season. Um, We try hard to fit it in, but we really work hard in the off season of having dedicated time throughout the course of the day built in where, okay, this is what we're doing and it's CPR time and our doors are open and it's bringing guys in and talking to them about everything, but football, um, you know, how's the family, how are the, uh, how's the girlfriend, how is, you know, anything and everything that's on the, that might be on their mind, how's school, you know, what are the things that are good, bad, ugly in their life right now that we can help and get to know them? And um, like I said, when they know that you care about them beyond what it is that they are asked to perform on the field, then they're they're going to give you everything they got and, and trust you. And and it's a good way to get to know the guys. So, you know, which I, I firmly believe this as a coach, that there's certain guys, man, you know, you can ride them all day and they'll respond. And that's the way they need to be treated to respond knowing that they care but ride them and other guys if you yell at them one time or look at them cross-eyed they're just shut down and they're done with so it's about figuring out what those guys the right buttons to push on right the right times um in order to get them to react the way that you want them to react so that they can be their best and reach their potential now i know as coaches we all have that open door policy and you've been at a lot of good places that i'm sure has had the open door policy but Having something like this specifically where you've set aside time for 
you know, that, that coach player relationship, do you feel this is, you know, a strategy that maybe works a little bit better in helping those develop those relationships? I think a hundred percent. Cause you know, as co- I, I've said this for, again, I've been doing this a long time and I, don't even realize how I became the old guy. All right. I just turned 50 and I remember being the, the young guy running around and making the copies and trying to figure out how to turn the computers, make them work, you know, and now I'm the old guy, but um, I firmly believe that, you know, as a coach, we're notorious. Football coaches are notorious for wasting time. You know, we chop it up. We're with our guys, we, you know, we get along well, and that's a big part of success, but, you also sometimes got to dial it in and say, okay, listen, we're going to get this done and then we can move on to something else. Well, what this does, and Coach Moglia was great with this, with our schedule, and he's like, listen, when it's recruiting time, whatever time of the day that is designated to do whatever task it is that's set aside, we're, we're going to do that. Okay. Now, if you have something you have to finish, you have to learn how to adjust and adapt and, and take care of what's you know important. You prioritize what's important. But when we have a certain set amount of time to do this, we need to do it. And, you know, you would say that, hey, my door's always open and come by when you want. But when you have time that is set aside and it's in your day and you tell the guys, hey, listen, and maybe it's like, all right, hey, uh, Keith, I want to see you on Wednesday. Come by at 430 so we can catch up. It, it's it's perfect. It's awesome. I think it works really well. And uh, I recommend it. You guys are also having a ton of success on the field offensively and, uh, you know, an option offense run from the pistol. Uh, you certainly have some of those spread elements and um, a lot of different things that really has helped you guys succeed on uh, the field this year. For, you know, you looking at this and, and the evolution of your offense, um, what were some of the biggest things you guys did in this past year that really made a difference for you out on the field? Well, I tell you what, I, I think, first of all, it starts with the job that Coach Chadwell has done with the culture here um, and all those things that we have talked about with with um, the CPR and, and and really just getting guys to believe in what we're doing. And they do believe in that and they trust in it. But specifically, you know, what, what we're trying to do is, um, you know, we know that we're not we're going to work to have the most talented guys that we can get we're not going to have the most talented guys in the country and probably not have the most talented team every time we step on the field. So what we're trying to do is put our guys in the best position that we can. And sometimes, you know, it may be that, guess what? Like this right guard just can't block this defensive tackle. Well, instead of making them block them all the time, let's double team them. Let's read them. Um, you know, let's do, you know, block back on him, trap him, do different things to make him think that'll help maybe slow him down and, and put our guy in a better advantage when it is a one-on-one type of situation. And that's really what our offense is based upon is putting guys in good positions. You know, everybody talks about that skill wise. And I think that it's extremely important. Obviously you want to get the ball. There's only one ball and you want to get it in the hands of the guys who can make the most out of it and make plays for you. Well, you know, on the O-line, I think it's the same uh, thought process that has to happen. Like, listen, like, okay, well, we got to worry about, you know, this dude, he is a dude and our guy isn't so much of a dude. Well, how are we going to handle that dude? Because our guy's the best we got and it's not quite what he is. So how can we help him? Well, 
let's not block him on this one. And now the guy's thinking. And then the next time we're not blocking him, but he's getting trapped. Or you're not blocking him right away, you know. Then the next time, uh, you know, we're reaching him and we're on him right now. And just giving him all kinds of different looks. And we'll do that across the O-line, which incorporates the entire offense where it's like, okay, we're, we're reading this guy, then we're reading this guy, then we're reading that guy. And, uh, you know, and our kids really bought into that. And they took pride in, in taking advantage of the opportunities they were given of the situations. And, you know, it was magical. I mean, it worked out well. We got a lot of notoriety just because this year because we were able to play on national TV a bunch with the COVID situation, especially early with not a lot of folks or not everybody playing. That certainly helped us, but it helped put us on the map. Um, but, you know, we've kind of been doing what we do here as far as, uh, you know, having fun in what we do, making sure the kids are having fun while still do, putting in the work and grinding and, and, and being prepared. Um, but that, you know, our quarterback played really well and our kids believed. And once they believed that they could win, even when things were not going our way, they just stayed the course and we were able to plug through it. But, um, you know, doing things in the option game like that really helped us where we were able to overcome with not the, the most talented offensive line. Um, but it gives me grief and want to know how the heck do you play with a five, nine center and my center who I just met with on a, on a, on an evaluation meeting was, I mean, he's five, nine, I mean, on a good day. I mean, he's five, nine and he was an all league player and a, just a great player. And, but we didn't try to put him in situations where, you know, he couldn't succeed. And I think that's a big part of what we do. You know, I love that you bring that up about giving a defender. And really, to me, it doesn't matter if that guy's at level one, two, or three, but really making that guy have to um, prepare for and react to multiple things. And I think uh, the, the better a player is, you better think about that in, in your in your game plan and how you're putting things together even more. And I've, I've found like one of the things now, um, finding that balance between we want to stay simple on offense so our guys only have to do a few things that they can get, get good at, sometimes uh, allows that, you know, that better player uh, to do only have to do one or two things against you. And it, it really starts to cause a disadvantage. So how do you, you find that balance between being able to, like you said, down block on this guy and, you know, zone block to this guy, double this guy, leave him alone, do multiple things while at the same time remaining, you know, simple for your guys that we don't have to build all these different plays into our offense to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, what we try to do is, um, insert base concept, whether it be veer, um, it be, um, uh, you know, a, uh, speed option, uh, or a counter, um, whatever it may be. And then put a little, put a tag on it. So, Hey, listen, everybody's doing what they do normally on this play, except for this guy and, and try to make it like a word association tag. You know, but he's got their ways of doing things and calling things, but you know, um, Hey, when we do, when we call veer, but we, we tell you, uh, horn, that that means it's ISO. Like we're going to, we're going to insert horn somebody in there to ice. Um, and it's ISO. And that means, Hey, I don't need the tackle to go where he's supposed to go. I need the tackle to block the man on. And now we're basically running insert zone, you know? So, um, just being able to incorporate as much as we can, 
Um, hey, we're all running outside zone, except the backside tackle. Now you block man on to outside. Done. And now we can read the inside guy. All right, everybody goes. Tell the quarterback to read the backside guy. Everybody goes, but we have somebody to handle the block back. My O-line doesn't need to know that. And, in fact, we signal the O-line, and sometimes I signal something completely different from what the actual call is just to get them to keep it simple, to keep it in a concept, to keep it in a family, and make the adjustment as slight and uh, but as effective as you can. Coach, in looking at, at your approach to the individual period and in, in developing – your guys to be successful in your offense, you know, how, how are you organizing that for them? Um, I always talk to coaches about the right amount of reps in a practice. And, you know, some guys will talk about, you know, hear Kyle float on here saying, look, we might get one or two reps at this particular technique in this day. And then we're on to the next one. So for you, what's your approach to uh, the repetition, the amount of drills you're going to do, what a daily individual session looks like for you? Uh, yeah, I, I try to. I'm I'm kind of in the Kyle. I've I've listened to Kyle. I've known Kyle for a lot of years, um, and uh, I I've learned a lot from Kyle, and uh, still do. And I kind of I kind of do things similar to that he does. And uh, in that, we're gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to coach the drill before we go out there. This is what we're gonna work on, so they have an idea. And most of them they know by name now. Sometimes it's a tweak or something different, and then I have to explain it. But I'd rather explain it in here in a meeting than we can get out on the field and we can go execute it. Um, but we're going to try to get as many reps and go as fast as we can. And when it's time to move to the next thing, we're going to move to the next thing. And then we'll try – you know, it's not like we're going to hit it once and then forget about it for four or five weeks. I mean, we're going to try to hit the most important things um, as much as we can, but not every single day. Uh, certain things, not every single day, but I, I did learn this along the way. I was, it was an eye-opening experience. I went to visit Juan Castilla. I was, uh, I think I was at Richmond, but I went to visit him at the Eagles. Um, he was the O-line coach at the Eagles and, and he, I didn't know him and he didn't know me. And I sat him, sat down with him and he's just like, so what's going on? What do you want to know? What's, what, what can I help you with? And I was like, well, you know, coach, I was wanting to just talk about some drills and stuff you're doing. He's like, you guys and your drills. And it wasn't as pleasant as that sounded even. And he's like, all you want to know is drills, 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 drills. And he's like, you try to come up with all this great stuff to do because it looks great. And the kids think it's different and they're learning. No, you find the drill that works for what it is that you got to get done. And you do it over and over and over and over. And it really hit me that, you know, there's certain things that you do want to, you know, change, combine. You know, I start in the off season by being very specific, you know, maybe just, you know, striking a bag to work on hands. But then it's incorporate stepping and striking and then incorporating, you know, moving around and different timings. And, you know, so you advance the drill and get a little bit more done to combine the drill, um, but not take the just a new drill every day to try to do something different do what you need to do to maximize what it is you're trying to get done and do it over and over and over and so I've got a handful of drills that I just think like every day we do it certain things almost I mean every day if not every other day we're going out one day off of doing it but um and then we'll try to film it I get almost everything filmed um 
we're certainly at an advantage there because we have some manpower. I don't get every period because we don't have the total manpower, so I got to pick and choose. Sometimes I don't get, but I want to get this on tape so that they can see it. And then we study that tape, and um, and it's been great. So uh, that's kind of how we approach it. And, again, you know, putting in things for what we got to be able to do for that game plan so each week might be a little bit different to adjust the indie, but it's making sure that they can perfect the skill that they need to transfer to the scrimmage, to the game, that they can bring the drill over there um, and execute at a high level. When when you look at watching film with your players and giving them the feedback that they need to translate to making some of those changes, uh, whether that's your individual periods or group periods team or even you know the game video, what have you found to be the most effective ways to to communicate those things uh, to, you, you know, uh, I think everybody, and you know them, you, you have different players. They can take in so much information and, and then they start to, uh, to overanalyze, et cetera. I mean, ultimately you want a guy who's playing at, at his full potential and playing as fast as he can. So uh, how have you balanced, I guess, giving enough information with not overwhelming them? Well, you know, that's challenging when you have a, you know, a room full of 20 guys, right? Like all 20 guys certainly are on the same learning level. And I talked to the older guys about the challenge and being able to hear me say it for the 25th time and for the young guys to be hearing it for the first time um, and to be locked in and, and, and trying to learn something from that 25th time versus just blocking it out because I've already heard him say this. Um, the other thing is that I think – you know, we all talked about how guys learn at a different level, but, you know, making sure, yes, that you don't overload them. And I talk to them a lot about, hey, how about today we fix this? Like every day we've been, you know, when we run this play, our second step has been brutal. I mean, it's awful. How about we fix that today and then we can move on to something else? Because we got plenty that we can work on. We got plenty that we can fix. But today – in this practice, we're going to come off the field knowing that I fixed the second step on this play, on this technique, this move, whatever. And when we try to kind of compartment, you know, break it down for them a little bit, then they don't get overwhelmed. And there's certain guys that are just thirsty. You know, they're probably going to be coaches themselves someday that they just want to know, like they want to have a full toolbox every day and, you know, have all those tools ready to go and learn if they can handle it. And some of the guys, you give it to them, you give them three things, they're going to be thinking about three things and they're going to do nothing right, nothing good. So how about do this today? And we work hard at that here, I think. Uh, at least I, I try to do that every day. Like each player, hey, listen, this is what you're working on today. And certainly we got to understand, uh, you know, the, everything that's going on, but let, let, let's fix this. Let's focus on this. And you got to balance that. And like you said, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, another, I'm going to tell you something else that makes us a little bit different here. Um, kind of skipping back on you, but uh, we, we put our guys through the VAC test so that we can figure out how they learn. Um, you know, you know, another acronym, but right, the video audio, audio or kinesthetic, right. And we put them through that test. So now I can get those results and I can sit here and say, okay, well, my start and right tackle, is auditory. I mean, I can tell it to him and he'll pick it up and he'll fix it and he'll know. But my left tackle, he's kinesthetic, man. I got to walk through it or else he ain't going to get it. 
and trying to uh, fix, you know, have enough walkthroughs versus enough meeting time. Because coach is great. I mean, coach said, well, if I wanted to go outside and walk through every day, I could do that. Now we spend time on the board, but I can use my meeting time as I see, as I see fit for it. I guess is what I'm saying. So if I need to get up in the meeting room and walk through, I got room, I do it. Um, but understanding that you need to cater your meeting to the learning style of the kid that you're dealing with. And I think that we've done a great job with that here. Um, and we take that scientific approach as scientific as that test is, I guess, um, and use that to our advantage. Cause when I look back on the, you know, the different teams I've coached and I guess even just different stages of where I was in my career or places I was, I had, you know, probably you could trace like this was my signature play. Then this was the play that, you know, I was going to call when we needed something or when I didn't know this is what I was going to go to for you right now. What, what would be that signature play, that play that you get excited about every time you hear it called? <laughs> well, there's quite a few plays, but the play that, now one play that I really do get excited about is, and we've incorporated it into what we're doing is, is our counter play. And uh, the reason I do is because it's an opportunity to get guys running around a little bit. It gets the guys that we manipulate the defense with false keys. And we're also able to just tee off at front side or certain spots to just go. We got help with double team and, you know, gap scheme type of thing. So that kind of gears me up a little. And the other thing about it is, you know, it's like a whole offense in itself. So we don't run it a whole lot. But when we do, I get juiced up for that one because we're able to tee off and go, you know, and you feel good about it. Yeah, and you did a, an excellent clinic talk at the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. And that clinic talk is uh, continues to benefit. Lawrence First and Goal is up on CoachTube, and, and coaches can see that. Um, I know there's some free chapters in it, too. But if you want to learn uh, exactly what Coach was talking about there, the Coastal Carolina counterplay, I highly recommend checking that out. And, again, it goes to a, a good cause, continues to help uh, Lawrence First and Goal um, Pediatric Brain Tumor Research and Cancer Services. So, uh, yeah, definitely a, a great play for Coastal this past year. Well, Coach, uh, you know, looking at uh, just this this profession as a whole, uh it's it continues to grow and expand and you look at really any job that opens in, in coaching uh, no matter what that level is is going to get hundreds of applicants everybody wants to get into this game uh, certainly you know if you can get to the top level there's there's a lot of money in it but uh, if, if you would I guess share your thoughts on why you get into this profession yeah I think you know, you got to be careful. And I, and again, I'm not throwing darts, throwing stones at anybody that, I, but understanding that I have come across in my years doing it, that certain folks I think are just chasing dollar signs that are, that are, you know, uh, put out there because they're the, the social media, because of the internet and all this stuff. I mean, you know, it used to be you find your job, you do your job the best you can, uh, you take care of the kids, and, and you go. And I'm not saying that, that that's lost, but just understanding that, um, you know, people think that it might be, you know, a lot of people still think football is, uh, you know, five-month-a-year job. You show up in August, you have training camp, and when the last game's over, that's it. You, you pack up and go home. And 
you know, I, I don't, you know, it was shocking to me that people didn't understand how much, and really I probably didn't even understand when I first got in how much work was involved with it. And, you know, we talk to our guys a lot about when they're looking forward to what it is that they want to do. Um, make sure you find something that you enjoy doing um, and something that you're good at. Um, Cause you might enjoy it, but if you're not any good at it, you might want to think about doing something else. You know, I got a guy who wants to, he's no good at math, but he wants to be an accountant. Well, that's, that's going to be a tough gig for you now. Um, or if you don't enjoy it, but my point being is that make sure you're getting into it for the right reason, because when you are, you know, then it's a career, it's not a job. Um, and this has just been a fulfilling career for me, being able to help young guys get to where they want to go, realize dreams, help them grow as men, um, you know, and, and not chasing dollar signs and certainly have to be able to provide for your family if that's what you want to do. I mean, have a family, I say, but, you know, you got to be able to put yourself in that position. But as long as you're doing the things the right way, then uh, things tend to take care of themselves. And and uh, that's just my word of advice for for young guys. You know, just don't chase dollar signs and think and not everybody can coach Division One football. I mean, there's just not enough jobs. You know, people talk to me and they're like, are you happy at Coastal? I mean, would I be happy at, you know, Ohio State making, you know, three times what? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But. I'm pretty darn happy here. I've got a great quality of life. I work with great people. I get to do what I love to do. Um, and I'm still one of about 130 people in the country that have the job that I have of coaching the offensive line at Division One FBS football. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty special, and I'm honored to be here, and uh, I, I appreciate that every day. Coach, when you look at everything you do, all the tools in your toolbox, uh, the way you work with your players, what would you say is the one thing – you do as a coach that really gives them the winning edge. I I want them to just cut it loose. Um, I think that giving them the tools, I, I tell them, you know, sometimes we go through, you know, five different things that we talk about how they're going to step and hand play. And then I say, you know what, just go block that guy. Just go block that guy. And then, you know what, we'll get on tape and we'll fix it. And we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. But what I want them to do is just have fun and be confident in what it is they're doing. Um, and you know, doing that through everything that you do every day to make them feel good about it. But when they know you care about them, they're going to do whatever you want them to do. And that's what I think we work really hard at and, and take a lot of pride in. And, and, uh, I think if you watched our old line, I mean, a lot of guys appreciated the way they played. Well, you know what? They weren't the most talented group and I'll tell them to their face and they know that we're on the same page, but God, I would go to war with any one of those guys, man. They were awesome this year and uh looking forward to having them all back coach for our listeners what areas of the country do you recruit so i have a small area a couple counties here three counties here in south carolina and then basically i have virginia north um i'm kind of from the northeast um you know we we traditionally recruit in the closer states but a lot of our students um, come from out of area, um, in the Northeast in particular, where I'm from. So I, I deal with all of that. Maryland, um, do some Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, up New York, all of it. Massachusetts, we got a tight end from Massachusetts. We got a lineman coming from Connecticut. Um, so uh, those are my areas. And I focus on the O line because I'm not going down without a fight. We got to get the right guys in here. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? 
Uh, best way is uh, probably, uh, well, Twitter. Um, it's at Coach Bill Durkin. Um, quite frankly, on that probably too much, but on it a bunch. Um, don't tweet out a whole lot, but I, I do. I'm a real good retweeter. I'll let somebody else come up with the idea, and then if I agree, I'll put it out there. But, um, you know, certainly uh, would love to help in any capacity that I could. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time with us here today on the podcast. Appreciate all you're doing for the game, and best of luck to you and Coastal Carolina in 2021. Go Shots. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator podcast. Please check out all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com. We've got some great things coming for you in May, and for the last three months or so of this offseason, we'll be back with All In on Offense and our deep dive on defense. And we have some great interviews with coaches, as well as some quick casts that we'll throw in there. Check out all we're doing again at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.